0: You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go! Hive mind detonation in three, two, one. Let's
1: go! Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. the The mainstream you can't
0: handle the truth
1: has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of the Optimal State Podcast. This is your host, Jay rad and uh, today I'm going to be running solo. My co-host, Adam, is actually playing softball tonight. The dude has always been really good at baseball. Actually, our friendship goes so far back, we used to compete against each other on Little League teams, believe it or not, and we still joke about a time where he was pitching and I was batting and... You know, I was he was doing a great job as a pitcher and I, I pointed out to the fence like a real cheese ball. But I managed to knock it out to outfield. It wasn't quite a home run. And uh, I think I actually made like a little scene when I when I did not hit the home run. But I, I think I hit a triple on that one. So uh, yeah, I could get away with that story right now, cause Adam's not here. Yeah, you know, he'd probably be like, that's not how it happened, but uh, we missed the guy, you know, his presence will be missed, but i am here right now recovering from a minor uh minor surgery it was a wisdom teeth extraction i I finally had the top two removed was hoping i could get coach through the rest of my life without having to get them removed they grew in pretty nice i used to have a little gap in my front teeth and they managed to push them together so it actually looks like i uh maybe had well no I, i would not go so far as to say it looks like i had braces my my teeth are okay, but they're, they're still a little like... No, I don't think anyone would say I have a, uh, a perfect smile. But uh, anyway, I, I had to get them removed, unfortunately. And long story short, modern medicine, I would say, the the crowning hallmarks of modern medicine are twofold. Uh, local anesthesi- or anesthesia in general and hygiene. Because most of the other practices are fairly... Uh, for lack of a better word, medieval, little butcher esque. I mean, I don't want to get too graphic, but let's just say, I mean, there was a dude, a, a six foot tall guy with his both hands in my mouth, just like yanking on these teeth. And what was not, uh, what I would call the most elegant process, but anyway, the reason I share that with you is because I am here right now. Well, Adam is crushing at softball I'm kind of just chilling here with my thoughts and I was like you know what rather than just stare off in the space or get into some pointless Twitter arguments with some dude in his basement who lives in Omaha and is completely oblivious to how nothing is Omaha I've never been there here they have great stakes but I'm just saying you know it's to get in these like random battles with randoms I do it often from the the point of view that I am running a podcast here and I obviously we are expressing our opinions and we're trying to stay consistent and I'm trying to call out the BS. There's a ton of that on Twitter from all different perspectives. I mean, it's people who I'd probably agree with, how they articulate a lot of thoughts I'm sure are uh, maybe somewhat distasteful, but... Here I am, rather than arguing on Twitter, and I felt I wanted to kind of, we're in episode 28 right now, and if you guys have been here with us from the beginning, absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Optimal State Podcast is the name of the show if it's your first time here, and uh, what I was saying is, going back to the beginning, is I kind of want to highlight the mission statement again, because I think if you just listen to what we say, or look at our tweets, or even just maybe just take a little look at the, the titles of our episodes, you may think that we're just a bunch of hateful a-holes that wanna just rip on anybody who doesn't agree with us. And I'll be quite honest, that's not the truth at all. I, 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 even the people I argue with, even the people who uh, behave certain ways, cling to certain destructive lifestyles, hate me, want to destroy society. Even them, I don't hate, right? We we, we shouldn't, Adam has said it before on the show, you don't hate the sinner, you hate the sin itself. And life is so short, at the end of it, we're all just starstruck children, the same we were kind of when we came in here. None of us really know ultimately how this all works or how it's all put together, but we can look out there and we can acknowledge that Oh, there's a certain stability here. There's not just abject chaos. The river I'm staring at right now this beautiful, still tidewater Hudson River. It's not just turning into fire. It's not just evaporating. The water isn't turning into a million jelly beans. There's consistency. And I know that sounds silly, but there's consistency with how reality manifests. And it's so consistent that people could take it for granted. People could look at it and be like, oh, there's... This is just how it is. This is science. Okay, it's, it's the same way that they use this sort of word sorcery to talk about religion. You know, it's like science versus religion. I prefer to use the, the more uh, descriptive phrase, the pursuit of ancient wisdom that pertains to a higher power as opposed to religion. And because that's ultimately what it is. When you're going into these ancient texts such as the Bible or other the you could look at the apocryphal bible these are uh, texts that are thousands of years old and there's a reason that this sort of ancient wisdom pertaining to a higher state of being survives the test of time and other things such as these sex crazed trends this uh the, the trans movements and the pride flags and all this stuff is just a flash in the pan trend you don't you don't look through history and see this sort of stuff having staying power. Oftentimes because when you when a society starts indulging itself in all manner of hedonistic practices, whether it is sex-related or whether it's usury, whether it's overconsumption of food or drugs or alcohol or pornography, uh, you have a degraded morality that takes hold of the society. And A lot of people are so consumed by their pursuit of pleasure and they how they think they will be the most happy and the most whole and also the way that they'll get the most validation that a lot of people would rather cling to these sort of these 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 movements that have a lot of energy in the here and now rather than look to more ancient wisdom rather than look to Truths that we have known since we were children. Things that oftentimes do not have to be told to us. You know, if you see... If you're a child and you see a dog doing something pretty dirty, like eating poop or something, you know from like a... Even as a child, you, there's a, a, a knowledge there that that's not correct. That there's something wrong, degraded, disgusting about that. You know, and I, I mean, there's countless other... Uh, things that we just know at an instinctual level we don't like most people don't drink their own blood or do any uh there's a lot of gross things that we just know are gross and we don't do them and if we looked at a dog doing that we would acknowledge that like eating its poop we would say that is gross but the dog is doesn't know any better you know that could be the takeaway but then i'm thinking like okay when you reach the end of your life where is your, how, how wide, to, to borrow a, uh, a term from James True, how wide is your aperture? How, how able are you to discern what is a degraded behavior based on how reality is structured? Based off of how existence is? Do you want to work against that to feed your ego? That's what a lot of people do. They don't, they they would rather have some sort of quick gratification through pleasure rather than suffer for any prolonged period of time. Well, it may not be a very popular thing to say, but suffering, greatness really could only come through suffering or the greatest greatness comes through suffering. And that's not to say that all suffering is good. In fact, a lot of suffering is not good. And personally, I could actually break this down a little even clearer. I'm a sort of guy, and I'm maybe some of you could relate, I see blood and guts, and I am not the best with it. I'll be quite honest. I see a person uh, in a lot of pain, in you know some sort of graphic accident, and I usually don't feel well. I actually get nauseous. And I think that that's the sort of suffering that I can't stand because... I think that's suffering without any point. Suffering has to have great value. or Suffering is very valuable. And that's because greatness can come from it. But also a lot of pain can come from it, right? And if the pain is not valuable, if the pain wasn't worth it, I I think a lot of people probably have this feeling that I have this abject response to seeing pointless suffering. And true pointless suffering, right? Like if you see... I mean, if I see like people getting, uh, you know, hurt, that it's it's like the the biblical phrase, you know, "Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the world." These are the people who are constantly beat down, but the the people who could persevere. So yeah, that was kind of one thing I just wanted to get out there. Just going back to the mission statement, where I'm not trying to like, with a lot of the things that we say, you know, and a lot of the paths we go down. Calling out the, the groomers and calling out the corrupt deep state and calling out the central banks and how they want to completely erode any culture, nation, or, you know, identity that a people could have besides the globalist identity. Calling these people out is not hateful. In fact, it's the most loving thing I think anyone could do. I am trying to be very honest and I'm trying to pursue truth and stay consistently on the path of truth with this show. That's the point. We're, we're, I'm not trying to prescribe the optimal state personally. I'm trying to discover consistent truths that I could then share and that are all you know aligned toward the truth. I'm not interested in ripping people apart for the sake of it. I am human though, of course, it, it happens. All right, welcome back everybody to the Optimal State podcast. If you liked what you listened to, that was called Bedouin Fire Song. That's an unreleased track that I uh, wrote and recorded a few years ago now actually. But uh yeah, hope you guys dug that. All right. So, uh enough about me and the mission statement and all that. All that fun stuff. How about we uh get into some current events, some news topics uh, going on. So it uh, looks like 45 was indicted by 46. It's very interesting. Uh, first time that has happens that a uh, former president has been uh, <laughs> oh, arrested for, I think, really anything. I mean, don't quote me on that, but uh, yeah, and not only that, they're going after him on the Espionage Act, which I remember learning about in school, that along with the Sedition Act, and remembering how far out that sounded. These were acts that were created in response to World War I, and uh, actually, funny enough, I, I believe it was, if I remember my history, lessons correctly and I'm trying to do this off memory I'm not I'm not reading from any online sources so forgive me if I get any of this wrong but I remember there was Eugene Debs he was a uh, the communist candidate for president I believe in the early 20th century and he was a well-known pamphleteer of a lot of Marxist ideas and I think that you know uh, America was terrified of what had just happened with the Russian Revolution or what was happening. It didn't just happen. I think Russian Revolution was, what, 1919 thereabouts? So yeah, we're in the whole powder keg leading up to World War One and strong senses of nationalism and whatnot, but uh, I digress just in terms of uh, you know the Sedition Act, the Espionage Act. That's what they went after Trump for, for the, the Espionage Act. And uh, it's just far out because this was created for traitors. Uh, it was created to go after people who literally spying and selling secrets to other nations. It wasn't meant to go after uh, the president who took some papers from his office. Let's play. Uh, let's let's turn the tables around. Let's let's play uh, devil's advocate. Okay, the guy, Trump, former president, took um, top secret documents from was this was it the White House? I think or yeah, I mean whatever. They were top secret documents. Had him in his personal possession. I think everybody at this point knows Joe Biden was caught back into his garage with the boxes of top secret documents. Bill Clinton, uh, he, he was no... Well, actually, what was it? It was his... Oh, man. It was his aide, I believe? Or was it the Obama aide? Again, I'm doing this off of memory. Apologize. Rather do this than uh, pull it up online. But the, the point is that this is, this is par for the course. I mean, you had... Uh, what is his name with the the FBI dude who went so hard? Uh, Bannon? Not Bannon. Oh man, now I'm gonna be annoyed that I forgot this guy's name. Went so hard after uh, Trump, and he had that like lifetime pass to the uh, FBI, I believe. I gotta look this up. It'll come to me in a second, but it's just very it's far out. But then it leads me to think, you know, even looking at it from. I was thinking this today, going on Twitter again. I, I hate how much of this podcast is now about Twitter, but the uh, I was looking at Michael Knowles, who I'm not like super super familiar with. He's a conservative commentator. I was just scrolling through and I saw something. He retweeted something, and it was actually a negative take on him. So I looked at the account. I saw it was all dedicated to negative takes of Michael Knowles, and it had so many followers. And I'm like, "This is so interesting because, you know, I get we we try to take a nonpartisan approach on this podcast, but you know, we're we're certainly not left of center. I, I think we could all agree on that. So I would say I'm more in the camp of Michael Knowles, definitely, and but I'm still not like a uh, I don't avidly watch him. I'm familiar with some of his takes. I've seen some of his some snippets on YouTube here and there. But I found myself very engaged in the content that he had shared and then this that this person was basically it was a troll account going after him. I was very engaged in this because suddenly I, f- I felt like I was rallied <laughs> I felt like I had a cause and I engaged with a, a bunch of randoms on there. And these are like no name, no face, no name accounts, right? It'll be like Jingle Jangle 8574 or like Go Jets 1234, Karen Joy. It's just all these like super, super random accounts. And I'm thinking, man, how, not even how difficult, but like if you're trying to be a public figure and, you know, maybe integrity, and this isn't even a call out of Michael Knowles, but. If integrity isn't like top of mind and you're really looking to get clicks get views get engagement it would make sense to hire a bunch of people putting negative press out there for you because the negative especially on social media the negative press galvanizes the base gets people to rally to your cause and it also gets people to jump on the bandwagon and and rip on you and what that brings is attention what that brings is engagement so I'm thinking the same thing with Trump. And I, we've called this out before on this show. You know, how much of it is legit? How much of it is a farce? And if you think back a few years ago, I mean, there were so many things. Uh, COVID, perfect example. How many things would just change in a month, two months? And you and you saw it. If you had decided you weren't going to be part of that, you stepped back and you're like, this is ridiculous. You're going to change, move the goalposts in two weeks, of course. You know, it's like it's, it's never ending where... Uh, once you give in to once you remove the higher power, God, or you know, the the sustaining power of reality, once you remove that from its place and in, in the highest position, and you start looking to man as the arbiter of law and morality and how things should be, that's when you're screwed because they, they will just move the goalpost to serve their best interests. We're all finite beings, we're all limited by you know all sorts of limitations um physical mental whatever so a lot of times it is and especially people at the top of the food chain a lot of times it is a dog eat dog world and uh if the, if there's a some advantage to be had the powers that be are going to take that advantage that's how you stay on top the, the the most sick twisted psychopaths know that and that's what the system was designed by and is run by how else can you have a global system where you get you expect everybody to conform to the the one view and if people have a different opinion they're rejected, they're thrown out, they're they're cast out as pariahs, ostracized from society. That's what they want. I mean, that's literally what they want. That's what they were really doing with COVID and I again, I say anybody who's been listening to the show, you're probably in that same bandwagon. We Were the, you know, uh, basically the subjects of witch hunts, really. Um, It got almost to that point. They were talking about camps. They were talking about forced vaccinations, forced indoctrination into accepting that uh, these big pharmaceutical companies had our best interests at play. These for profit, multinational corporate entities at our best interest in play it's just hilarious and people are scared of their neighbors that's that's the world they've made and they've also left us all they've gone out of their way to completely destroy and suppress any strengthening of uh nationalism or of a national identity the uh, they crush like cultural identities because they want to sell you what the identity is and it all goes down to this you know we're seeing it now with pride month it all comes down to this these lifestyles that are ultimately destructive to the people who engage in them and but people are left without much choice or so it seems because when the state is actively trying to destroy cultures and national identity and things that create cohesion for people and would rather push diversity which again etymologically Diversity, division, right? We're dividing. We're not uniting. How could you have diversity with and expect there to be a unification? And that's not to say that we can't appreciate other cultures. Actually, we should do that. We should embrace our our unique cultures, but also celebrate those around us. But that doesn't mean that we, uh, we suddenly start... Uh, arbitrarily defining who is a better culture and a lesser culture based on superficial things like skin color or maybe some sort of like over-emphasized history. Rather, we should look at it what these cultures actually represent. And you know, I think of Afghanistan right now, and I'm thinking like, wow, prior to the American invasion. They had cleaned up the country to the point that I think it was, (laughs) excuse me, something like they cleaned up the whole country. There were uh, very few drug addicts. There was, uh, you know, opium abuse was like next to zero and they had largely done that. And America comes in and is like, oh no, we need those poppies. Um, Hello, oxycontin, oxycodone. We got a whole lot of people in the United States who uh they love that stuff, man. So you're not taking that from us. And um you know, 20 years later, we see what that what that all wrought, right? The 20 years in Afghanistan and the hundreds of thousands of people displaced, killed, affected in some way or another, maimed for life. Just generations destroyed. It's, it's unbelievable. But you compare then the the uh values of the nation that destroyed that with the nation that was trying to preserve certain you know good things in in the society and that's where we got wrong is this uh culture really relativism but cultural relativism as well because it's it's it shouldn't be relative like there's good and there's bad and it goes back to again what we were talking about in the beginning there's, we are gifted with this spirit that flows through us where we're able to understand the to a degree uh, at least uh, to a But we could discern what is good and bad, and often we let culture and we let our peers trends political figures whatever it be we let it influence influence us and sway our worldview and that uh leads us to being in places where you have this sort of relativism right where you could say why can't we all just be giving into our indulgences why not like there's sure we won't have any kids and we'll just screw each other all day every day and do drugs and you know watch a bunch of mindless entertainment because what else is there this is all there is and there's a lot of people a lot of uh, people I know who you know fully embrace that life I'll, I'll call the guy he's a friend of mine I'll call him what should I call him let's call him uh Horatio Now, old Horatio here. I've known him almost as long as I've known Adam. I've known him a very long time. This guy and I were phone buddies all throughout the beginning of COVID. Uh, Actually, even prior to that, we were phone buddies throughout the Trump years. And this dude is a diehard, diehard, diehard liberal. He is so on that side. He could not stand Trump. Every day was one thing or the other about this guy. And... I remember trying to tell him, I'm like, it's just, there's, there's this level of obsession with Donald Trump that it puts the blinders up to anything going on, any actual issues. And I I tried to uh, explain to him, I was like, you know, that 40 million Americans are trafficked a year. It's a crazy number. And he's like, Oh, I don't want to really, Oh, I didn't know that. Well, did you, uh, what about you know, child sex trafficking. Are you familiar with that? Would you Do you want to see this documentary on on Pizzagate or on Epstein Island? Oh, no, man. I can't. I can't handle that stuff. Oh, I don't want that stuff. But then how can you sit there and have uh, expect your opinion to hold up against mine? It doesn't make sense. But, you know, I still would still entertain it. But it got to the point that, uh, you know, as, as the months were on, as the years were on, and... This all—I mean, this really led to this podcast too. It was having the, I guess, courage or the wherewithal—not courage—I cur- I, I don't want to say it was courage necessarily. It was just, I guess, a disconnect. Uh, there was a major disconnect with, uh, especially when COVID rolled out, and uh, it was like the the wire got severed. And i I've always been like a, a pretty questioning, dubious dude, but. When that happened, I, I was just so blown away by how quickly people were willing to give up everything because the state told them to, and they were afraid. Ironically, they were afraid to lose something if they didn't comply. And I guess it's you know we're we're all pack animals. We're we're all we we introduced a show with that we're. What do we say? The Hive Mind has uh, is, is been put on... Or the mainstream has been put on notice. Something about the Hive Mind. I hear it every time I listen to the show. But yeah, back to our good friend Horatio. You know, as, as COVID happens and he's happily sending me pictures of him getting vaccines and he's telling me about how he yelled at a lady at a car dealership because she wasn't wearing a mask and... Just all this, I was like, man, you just took the first opportunity to become a bully, huh? Like, give give the guy a little power and just like, geez, watch out. Like, dude, I, I'm, gl- I'm glad I wasn't, uh, you know, wearing a gold star around you or something. You, you'd sell me out so fast. But now we're at the point where the president is arresting the former president. And it's, you know, we had Trump say, lock her up but with Hillary. Who literally was caught? She was caught smashing uh, her servers and pouring bleach on it to get rid of the uh, evidence from when she was uh, Secretary of State and the whole Benghazi thing in Libya and that she laughed about after they pulled Gaddafi out and and murdered him and you know this woman was laughing about it after she almost passes out from. Uh, blood induced sickness from the blood ingested sickness, but we'll get into that another time. That's that's another uh James Truth subject I'd love to touch on. Man, I'd love to get that guy in the show too. He is I, I read uh one of his books recently and um it it was actually when I was in Vegas a few weeks ago. I just couldn't put it down. It was incredible. The guy is a a brain like no other man. This guy's deep, so I hopefully get to speak to him one day, or at the very least, uh, I will be reading some more of his uh, material. But anyway, we're going back to uh, Horatio, Horatio, yeah, and let, let's kind of come more to the modern time. It got to the point that so much of what he had been clinging to, and which you know, and the counter i had been i'd been consistently countering a lot of the things that he had been adhering to suddenly all that stuff started falling apart you know everything that he had been so uh, disgusted by and so uh, ashamed of and took god on his his pedestal about it was all coming apart and what he was suddenly left with was being in a position where he had to defend mutilating children Like it was, and he was literally telling me that he wants to protect trans children and that he went to a park during the BLM times and he like kissed the hand of a black guy. I mean, this is where his, he like got on his knees and actually like, he he said, I found one of the only six people in the whole city, six black people in the whole city. And I got on my knee and I, and I kissed the guy's hand. Is that sound like sane to you? In fact, I would say that sounds like kind of the most racist thing you could do. Like, you're literally just going to look at a guy and, and judge him based on his skin color and assign value to him. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe what that is. And then to go back to your little gated home in your, your uh, you know, the community where the average income is probably like... 150k 200k very nice homes and a, a, a place where a community where you would freak out if you heard any loud music or anything it's like dude I've lived in Harlem New York I've lived in Koreatown LA I've lived in well I lived in Harlem for a long time and I, I just say that to say, like, I lived in places that were not the most, you know, wealthy places. And I lived with people of all different backgrounds next to me, right? And these are people who I could oftentimes have a conversation like this and they would get it way more than any of the BS that's coming out of CNN. And I would try to explain that to them. like, And it was so funny because I would literally be coming out my door i'd say hi to dave the guy i bought weed from and then i'd say i just see everybody on the street that i see every day there's a sweet lady lived next to me who lived with her mom uh you know this little tiny black lady she was like hey how you doing honey it was uh, so nice and and then there was like a whole bunch of there's a uh, white south african woman who lived in the the basement apartment so it's so all types, all different types of people. But then I walk out to Broadway, going down my street after seeing every person, uh, you know, nationality, whatever, and you see just a bunch of white, uh, uh, like NYU kids, hanging outside the coffee shop, ready to go march for Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, this is so hilarious. Why are you doing that with this this group of people? Just go down the street and, and introduce yourself to some people that. Are actually black, or actually not from here, but instead you want to uh, put on a show. You're just you're just sh- putting on a show for yourself. It's a virtue show. It's saying like, hey, I'm here. Let me take my pictures and show everybody my sign and my armpit hair. And yeah, here we are, everybody. Black Lives matter. Yeah. And you know, this was this dude Horatio. Same thing. And the the hypocrisy is really ultimately what takes you back that's that's what leaves the distasteful taste in your mouth is this shameless level of hypocrisy you're just like you just always want to be on the right side or what you perceive to be the right side whatever is the trend and it's it's really yeah again just distasteful you know and I'll I'll, I'll stick to the truth fully uh because at the end of the day i can sleep fine you know i'm not i don't need to medicate myself to sleep i don't need to uh you know numb myself with endless vacations or endless validation from the left telling me i'm doing the right thing because i know it's it's right there's a there's a when you hone in on the truth and you prioritize that you put that at top of mind not getting validation from others but you put the truth top of mind life just gets so much better man because nothing they say could hurt you then it's and that's why they're so obsessed with oh the hateful words and uh, misinformation which is hilarious because it's like everything that comes out of them is some sort of talking heads spin on the facts and that's misinformation if you're leaving stuff off the table I don't know how you could be calling the other person that or the other team that so to speak but It's projection. So Yeah, I think it's unfortunate, man, because it's it's like I would love to I would love things to go back with a lot of friends to how they were before really before Trump, honestly. And I'm thinking now, you know, I thought I've I've really thought that COVID was the was kind of a tipping point, but you know what? I think back to 2016, right when Trump won, and I was working at a bar right by Columbia University, and I remember <laughs> the start of the shift. We we were uh, it was election night. We were showing the election on on the projector, so we had a full bar. You can imagine Columbia University, all these like super super leftist kids from connecticut and like massachusetts and upper east side of new york city it's just yeah uh so they're all there they're all super stoked their girl hillary is on the screen she's gonna be crushing orange man oh man it's over mood is super high but as the night goes on you know we're half hour an hour in And you could feel the mood sinking in the room because it was becoming clear that Trump actually was going to come out ahead here. And I remember when it ended, everybody, it was like, you could almost hear a pin drop in the place if we didn't have to clean up the whole place and if people weren't shuffling out. Everyone was just crushed. And I, I remember seeing it and this is going to sound like maybe kind of mean, but I was I thought it was pretty funny because it was this. It goes back to like, you know, you look at the sustaining nature of reality and you just gotta love what provides that sustenance. You gotta think like, oh, whatever is sustaining all this, it's just so awesome. It's so amazing. That sort of like, you know, adoration to that was being projected at the idol on the screen, which was Hillary Clinton. And it's the same thing on the other side, you know, people idolize Trump too, but there's the idol the idolatry or the idolization of hillary clinton is interesting because it's also the idolization of the state it's the idolization of how things have always been and my buddy horatio he's always been like that he's always been like well that's just the way it is man don't be weird just do it how it is man and i've always had an issue with that like even and he would always say like what my th- how i thought about things was weird and also this was this is it i'll i'll pinpoint the part where i was like Horatio, man i can't really after that statement that there, there may be no i don't know i i'm gonna have a trouble looking past this one but we were in a discussion and he said to me man don't you just get tired of thinking like so much like why do you why do you think so much like it's just so tired i want to just go home and i just want to watch young sheldon i'm like what man i what At the time, I mean, that was probably my reaction. I kind of like, you know, Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I probably do think too much. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't think I think enough, not, not intentionally enough. You know, I don't, my thoughts could be way more focused than they are a lot of the time. And I try to do that. I try, that's, again, we're called the optimal state. And a lot of the ideas that I'm tr- when I when I focus, I'm trying to get to that optimal state and I, I find it really, really hard to understand how somebody with such I don't want to use the word privilege because it's just been used and abused and it kind of lacks meaning at this point. But someone who's really gotten a lot out of life, I've been mean, given a lot in life, guys pretty smart, dude. You know, very, I would say he is one of the most, one of the most socially intelligent people I've met. He's very good working people. Uh, he is a J, which is kind of funny. You know, that's a, it, that's kind of <laughs> part, part for the course, I think a lot of the time. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm just like, you got, you're intelligent, you're physically capable, you're you know, you come from a good family. You guys are well off. You got a great business. Check, 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 check. Yet you choose to not want to think about stuff? I, I, don't, I don't get it. You have such... You could create such positive change, but you want to just kind of go along with it. You know? And he would say like, Oh, dude, I do good things. I, I donate to this or that, or I, I volunteer my time that's great dude I I can't take that away from you and this obviously this is coming off as very critical the guy is not the worst dude on earth trust me but it's just interesting because this was a kind of a common trend throughout a lot of the Trump and COVID years where you just saw a lot of people kind of losing losing what the truth was you know and I think a lot of it comes down uh, I'll Give Owen Benjamin some credit on uh putting me onto this but that's another guy I love i would I would love to speak to Owen um, at a certain point trying to make that happen but uh but it seems like a lot of where society mo- modern American or the modern West society went wrong was its embrace of relativism and it was first presented by Albert Einstein this amazing genius this guy who was able to conceptualize the you know theory or the speed of light and how that how mass and energy were uh related and theories of general and special relativity basically how uh you know how things everything was relative right how things moved and it was all based on your perspective right so a person was on a train they're stationary on the train but a person watching the train sees that person moving with the train so that's like the fundamental principle of the theory of relativity or the uh yeah theory of relativity and um that's where relativism kind of is based off of and that that has really seeped into everything in our society where it's like you do what you want you yours and it, it ties into the boomer mentality too which is do as thou wilt and do what you want do what makes you happy and it goes back to what we were discussing earlier about greatness, true greatness coming through suffering. And if you're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to put something on the line, you just want to be comfortable, you want to just sit in your cave and nobody bother you, nothing's going to come of that. You know, you're 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 limited by the your limitations i guess your 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 limited perspective so and i think that's how we got into the present situation where people are okay with just biden in general and biden arresting trump and this whole this whole fiasco so anyway it's a mess it's a bread and circus i mean it's it is absolutely ridiculous that this that this has happened due to uh these reasons It's just hard to really get worked up too much about it this time. I mean, Trump did orchestrate Operation Warp Speed. Let's not forget that. All right, everyone. Well, uh, it was great hanging with you for this episode of the Optimal State Podcast. Hope you didn't mind me just ranting solo here. I think we'll have – I'm sure Adam will be back next episode. Um, But if we don't – if he's not back, he will be back. Let's not even say if he's not – Hope to get some guests on in the near future. We had a really awesome guest a couple episodes ago, Skateboard T. He's a local New York rapper, entrepreneur, artist, and skateboarder. And I had a really great interview with him. Uh, We only just scratched the surface, though. I look forward to getting him back on and getting a few other people, a lot of people back uh, on the show in the near future. So, guys, if you liked what you heard tonight... Please uh, feel free to follow, subscribe, like, whatever it is on whatever platform you're listening to. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, I believe. We're also on Twitter. Oh, jeez. Terrible place. But you can find us there at Optimal Stay Pod. With well, that being said, everyone, I hope you all enjoyed tonight's show. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great night or day if you're listening during the day. We'll see you next time. I've
0: got a girl and she's dead too. I drove a car off the fuse of our youth. I took a chance, well, I took it I was a boy who died for you. I was a boy who died for you.